Startup Life Hacks, episode 10. I cleared my whole schedule. I was checking DHL constantly and just waiting for that doorbell to ring to uh, have the watch arrive. Welcome. Welcome to Startup Life Hacks. Ever wondered if you have what it takes to start a business? Join us as we share with you inspiring stories from these amazing entrepreneurs. Let their journeys bring you one step closer to achieving success. And now, here's your host, Romel Cabal. What is up, Hacker Nation? This is Romel Cabal, the host of Startup Life Hacks, and I'm excited to introduce you to our next guest, Nathan Resnick. Nathan and I met through a mutual friend of ours, Eric Bunnell, founder of Unified, who is also episode number five in this podcast. Nathan is one of the University of San Diego's premier entrepreneurs. He has started several businesses while in college and across several different industries, with Yes Man Watches being the most notable. Nathan has a lot of experience and insight about how to successfully launch products on Kickstarter. So if you ever want to launch a product and use Kickstarter, then this episode is especially for you. So please welcome to the mic, Nathan Resnick. Without a doubt, it was, uh, thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here and excited to share my story. Uh, I grew up in Washington, D.C. and originally moved out here uh, four years ago to start college at the University of San Diego. Um, I started my business, my first business, uh, which was Yes Man Watches. It launched during my sophomore year of college over winter break. But I first had the concept during my freshman year, and it stemmed from a group of buddies and I would be surfing before class or cliff jumping in between. And I realized everything starts by saying yes. So we had the brand buzzing our head. And then freshman summer came along, and I was working a 9-5 internship. And uh, I was a sales intern making hundreds of cold calls a day. And just couldn't couldn't stand it. So I wanted to do more with my life, and entrepreneurship was my outlet. So I, I poured my life into Yes Man, and lucky and fortunate enough that it's been a success. And I've also started a few other companies after that. So I'll be explaining my process of how I went to turn my ideas into realities. Awesome. Here at Startup Life Hacks, we like to concentrate on the journey of the entrepreneur because it's really the stories that you know get people pumped up. So what was your upbringing like? What was your professional and personal history totally. that makes you perfect for what you're doing right now? Uh, I'd say, I mean, I grew up kind of middle class in D.C., the suburbs, went to public high schools and middle schools and elementary schools. Um, my mom does fundraising at, for nonprofits and my dad's an engineer, so they didn't really have too much to do with entrepreneurship. But I'd say ever since I was a young kid, I had a you know some itch for entrepreneurship, whether it be uh, my mom said I used to kind of buy those Livestrong and like silicon wristbands and buy them in bulk on eBay and then go to my elementary school and sell them individually and make some money off that uh, through through that way of, of selling. So I'd say it's been kind of just a, a whole journey of having different ideas. And now where I'm at in my life is I you know have a ton of ideas and you just have to pick which ones you want to put your time and effort into to really make into a reality. Right. Was there someone that you kind of looked up to when um, you're starting your businesses? Um. I think that I I used to watch the show Shark Tank a lot, and some of the insight that you can get from that show is great. I mean, sometimes people think it's just a reality TV show, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of insight that goes on, and just knowing what those investors will ask you when you know you're pitching in front of them can really be beneficial. So I'd say my 
idol was definitely Damon John on the show because he, you know, knows branding like the back of his hand, and that's really what he does. So if I ever had the opportunity to work with him, I'd be thrilled. Right, Fubu. Exactly. <laughs> so how do you even keep your cool? Like you started all these projects on Kickstarter, and so besides business, what are a few of your favorite hobbies? Uh, I I like to be outdoors. I'm very adventurous. So whether it be surfing, hiking. Um, playing football, just hanging out with friends. I just really enjoy being outside um, and sailing too. I go sailing on Mission Bay every once in a while. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I mean, there's definitely a work-life balance with every entrepreneur and you have to figure out that out, figure that out for yourself. Cool. Now we are going to shift to how this business got started. And maybe some of our listeners can use the same tactics once they start their own venture. Definitely. Yeah, my main goal is to help other people start their own businesses. So and more than uh, happy to answer any questions they have. Right. So what are the strategies did you even use to uh, fund your business? Totally. So where we were at with Yes Man when we first started was we had this idea for the brand, you know, to be an empowering brand, that would, you know, get people to their yes. And I was shopping one day and I saw a belt with a neat apparatus where you slide the strap through the buckle and the buckle caught on notches in the strap. It was one of those belts without holes. You might have heard of mission belts or track line. Those are the companies that make those belts. And I was checking the time on my watch, and I realized, wow, right now all watches, leather straps have holes in them. I can never find the right sizing option on my watch, and the leather get, gets worn out way too fast. So it kind of just clicked in my head, what if I applied this belt buckle apparatus to a watch strap? So that's where the idea really first stemmed from was, wow, there's no one on the market right now that's creating you know, the perfect leather watch strap that will give you the best fit of your life type of thing. And so we combined that with the Yes Man brand that I had building in my head. And from there, we had the idea uh, locked down. And then we moved toward actually figuring out how we're going to produce and manufacture these watches. And that was, you know, starting up, that was definitely the, the biggest hurdle that we had to go through in terms of actually figuring out how you turn, you know, an idea, something that's on paper into an actual product. And, uh, it was it was a whole process to go through. It was, it was pretty incredible. Now, Yes Man, was that name inspired by the movie Yes Man? Uh, it, Jim Carrey? It, it honestly wasn't. I do love that movie. But for us, it was actually just a group of buddies. And we would just push each other to do as much as we could with the, our day. And I think it really stemmed from our fear of missing out. You know, what would you do if you didn't go out that night? You know, who knows who you could have met, that type of thing. And that was our mindset. So we kind of always... Um, say yes to an opportunity that we would think would be beneficial. Now, how are you able to choose your founders? Uh, I'm actually the sole founder of Yes Man, and we've had you know a few people work with us and for us throughout you know the year and a half that that we've been existing. But for me, um, that was one of the hardest parts of starting. Is I originally had the concept with a friend, and when it came time to have those you know late nights and early mornings and really start hustling, you know. He and I both knew that he wasn't there. I mean, he wasn't the type of guy that was really going to uh, get get grinding and start working really hard on this project. So for me, um, I, I didn't find someone that I thought was going to be really beneficial to me when I first started Yes Man, that I kind of just dove into it myself. And there's been ups and downs of it because, you know, as an entrepreneur, you always want someone that you can bounce your ideas off of. So luckily, I have, I have close friends to do that. But in terms of uh, another founder, I, I started... Yes Man by myself, and I'm, I'm still the sole owner. So we know that you've started Yes Man through Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. What are the top three things that you look for when launching your product on Kickstarter? I'd say the most important thing, 100% by far, is the pre-launch aspect of your campaign. You really need to create before you launch, before you go live on Kickstarter, a community of excited people 
um, that are really into what you're doing. Because Kickstarter, what's crucial about it is all the projects that you see that are raising, you know, a ton of money are typically hitting that initial funding goal within the first day, if not the first couple of hours of launching on Kickstarter. So all the campaigns that do over a hundred thousand, a couple hundred thousand dollars, all hit their initial funding goal, whether it be, you know, fifteen thousand or whatever it may be, they'll hit that within the initial the, the first few hours of the campaign. And that really sets them on that exciting path towards a uh, incredibly successful campaign. So to, to develop the pre-launch, I'd say first and foremost, tell everyone and everyone, you know, your friends, family, network, coworkers, whoever, you know, tell what you're doing and, and have them get excited about um, what you're trying to create. And to, to get them excited, you should really um, give them insight into the whole process of your, of, um, your development. So for us, for our watches, you know, we'd let people in on our design process, see what they thought of our slogans, and really get feedback so then they feel like they're involved in the project themselves. So how important are the pledges on your site? Uh, very important. I mean, so for us, when we first started Yes Man, yes, man we had the branding set, you know, we got through the manufacturing hurdle. And just a, a word of advice, don't launch on Kickstarter until you know how you're actually going to produce your product. Because let's say your campaign does blow it out of the waters and you have to fulfill, you know, 2,000 units when you thought you were only have to fulfill 50, you need to know how you're going to produce those products. And you definitely don't want to be, you know, in your garage making each one hand by hand. You want to have that streamlined and you want to know your cost um, of, of goods, basically. So have the manufacturing set before you launch. Um, so once we had the manufacturing and branding set, we needed a way to fund our production run because manufacturers will have minimal order quantities. And so you need to have the money to meet those MOQs. Um, so for Kickstarter, it was a way for us to fund the production run. And without those pledges, without our initial backers, we wouldn't, been, we wouldn't have been able to have the money to fund that production run and turn Yes Man into a reality. Um, so the pledges were crucial. I mean, basically when we launched on Kickstarter, people had the opportunity to pre-order our watch and we would use their money from the pre-orders to, to start and fulfill production. Now with the manufacturers, how were you able to find them? Did you use something like Alibaba or? Mm -hmm. So manufacturing was definitely one of the hardest hurdles. Um, lucky for me, I actually used to live in China my junior year of high school. I was a foreign exchange student there. So I speak Mandarin oh, nice. fluently. Uh, that year, it was in 2010, I lived with the host family and attended a local Chinese high school. Um, so I had some connections that I was able to utilize. And then also for me, it was awesome. It was great to be able to use my Mandarin uh, to speak with some of the, the manufacturers over there. But a great starting point. I mean, even if you just have an idea, like you want to create your own line of hats or clothing or shoes, who knows what, you can just go on Alibaba and search shoes and there'll be dozens of shoe manufacturers that come up. The hard part with that, though, is finding out who's reliable and who's reputable and who's actually actually trustworthy enough to manufacture your products. Um, so with that many manufacturers out there, it is starting to get competitive in terms of pricing. So sometimes you can negotiate pretty good pricing terms with uh, your first production run um, and sell them on that long-term vision of, you know, even though we're starting small, you know, next year and next five years, we'll be producing, you know, tens of thousands of units, that type of thing. Cool. Describe a moment during your startup that you felt like giving up. What was it that kept you going and who and what motivated you to keep trying? Um, that's a good one. I'd say we, when we first launched Yes Man, we had some troubles with our uh, patent pending buckle. Basically, like the buckle was 
bulky, it didn't work that well. Um, the strap wouldn't always stay in. And so I didn't really want to put, you know, a, a bad, I didn't want to bring a b bad product to market. And so what we ended up having to do is kind of look, look at it from the big picture and see how can we make this device better and how can we make it more user friendly. Um, and so what we ended up doing is we inserted a spring mechanism into our actual buckle. So the release was automatic, whereas before you had to push the lever up to release it and down to close it when it was on your wrist. So it was a complete hassle and it wasn't designed very well. And, and in today's world, I mean, if you don't have a product that fits, you know, if it doesn't work well with someone's life, then people aren't going to use it. Mm -hmm. So that hurdle getting through that kind of main, that, 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 that realization when I, when we had our initial prototypes and I realized, you know what, this buckle um, isn't, isn't very easy to use and I don't think people are, are going to buy it. It was a little daunting to see, all right, can Yes Man really become a company that creates this, you know, new holeless leather watch strap? Now, we've talked about your worst entrepreneur moment. Now, tell us about a great success that you've had as an entrepreneur. Um, probably one of the more exciting moments was uh, just last week, actually, we were published in the New York Times. Definitely, oh, wow, thank you. I appreciate it. It was definitely the most you know reputable publication that we've been in, and surprisingly, the writer reached out to us. He was looking to write about Kickstarter, like you know, startup watch companies that were trying to compete with the bigger players in the market. And uh, the story went through, and it's awesome to see Yes Man watches in the New York Times. So that was definitely a very exciting moment. But I'd say the most fulfilling moment as an entrepreneur um, comes from when you actually physically hold that product that you've been trying to create for the past, you know, four or five months, year, who knows how long it will take you and actually getting that in your hand. You know, the best day I've had with Yes Man watches was when we got our first prototype in the mail, just because, um, you know, being able to hold something that you created that you had as, as an idea, you know, a year prior and then holding it in your hands as an actual product or in our case, actual uh, an actual watch was an incredible feeling. Right. And it was really your watch that basically told you, like, we have a product. Exactly. And it was my podcast that, you know, successfully launched into iTunes that this is something that I wanted to do. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that day, I remember the day my, you know, our first prototype came and uh, I cleared my whole schedule. I was checking DHL constantly and just waiting for that doorbell to ring to uh, have the watch arrive. Now, where do you see Yes Man five years from now? Uh, I want us to be a a big lifestyle brand that empowers people to do more to their lives. That's really our motivation behind the brand. It's not necessarily to just sell watches or sell sunglasses, but it's really to motivate and empower people to do more to their lives. And so we do this not only through the design of our design of our watches, but also by working closely with our customers. For example, we had a, a customer out of Australia who was 13 years old and he was this really cool aspiring photographer. And he, you know, wanted to grow his presence. And we said, you know what, what if we did a, like a, promotion together where we give away one of a pair of our sunglasses and you send someone one of your photos and so we did this giveaway and I think he gained um, a couple hundred if not a thousand followers on Instagram just by uh, working with us through our email list and through our social media presence as well oh wow so it's pretty cool to be able to you know help other people through what we're doing and then also grow as a business so uh you know, in five years, I see ourselves competing with Nixon and some of the bigger players in the market. <laughs> now, we are now entering my favorite, the superhero round. I'm a huge fan of superheroes. Mm -hmm. We all imagine what it would be like to gain these incredible powers and the types of things we would do if we had them. So 
What is your entrepreneurial superpower? I'd say it's my ability to actually turn these ideas into realities. Um, I'm very, very goal driven. So if I tell myself I'm going to you know, launch this company by the end of this month and I'm going to do everything and anything I can to make that happen. Uh, Justin, as, a, as an example, this past summer, I launched three Kickstarter projects, one a month um, from June, July and August. And it was a lot to do because it was three different companies, three different products. And I was managing, sourcing, um, marketing, and basically doing everything for each company uh, with a few contractors and, and some of our team members as well. But the, the thing about it was that, you know, when it came time for August and we wanted to launch our last, last uh, product, it was these cork backpacks. We weren't really ready um, with, you know, the pre-launch of Kickstarter. We should have spent more time on it. And I was debating, you know, look, I set this goal that we were going to launch it. What do I do? And for me, um, being the goal-driven person I am, I just said, you know, we're going to go for it. We're going to do everything we can. And uh, we ended up launching it and getting it out there by the end of the month. So it was pretty exciting to see, you know, being able to create goals and actually achieve them is is what I really uh, am happy about. And that's what I think my superpower is. Cool. So you basically launched a minimal viral product. Exactly, exactly. Now, what would you say is a kryptonite? Uh, I'd say delegation. Sometimes it's hard to, you know, manage and trust other people, especially when, you know, we work with people around the world, whether it be our manufacturing partners in China or our fulfillment partner um, here in California. It just sometimes is is hard to not be hands-on, but as you grow, you need to become, you know, less hands-on and outsource what you can to other people. Yeah, I mean, three Kickstarter campaigns, that's that's pretty nuts. Exactly. So <laughs> delegation is definitely, you know, probably my weakness just because it becomes a level of trust. Whereas when we first, you know, when I first started Yes Man, you know, we were doing everything from the fulfillment to the logistics in-house. And uh, now we don't do any of that in-house. So we had to, you know, delegate and find partners that were, um, that would be capable of working with us to grow. If you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Uh, that's a good one. I think it would probably be invisibility because I feel like you could go and do whatever you want, whenever you want, um, because no one could see you basically. So, you know, whether you want to go to the top of the building where you're not supposed to, like, you know, the top of the Empire State Building, let's say, and you're not allowed up there, you no one would be able to see if you're up there, but you could really cherish that view just for yourself. <laughs> We're now answering the final questions of the interview. And these are the tools that you would recommend that would really help our listeners rise to their feet and get started. Totally. So share an internet resource or an app that you use daily and would recommend to our listeners. Uh, I would say Sidekick. It's a Gmail plugin and enables you to track who opens your emails and what time they opened it, how many times they opened it. Um, there's no reason in this day and age that you need to send an email and not see if someone opened it or not. Because then, you know, especially if it's a sales email, you can follow up based on that person's interest or, you know, not even follow up Follow up if they didn't open it. It just depends. And if they didn't open it, maybe you don't have the right email for them. Now, have you used that app? Is the plug-in Boomerang for Gmail? I have. Boomerang's another good one as well for scheduling email. Right. I love Boomerang. Name one book that you would recommend to our listeners. Uh, the game-changing book for me was definitely The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Um, I read that the summer of my freshman year and literally didn't look back. It was probably the coolest, most influential book that I've read. What would you dare to dream if you knew that you could not fail? One of the 
things that I'm working on right now is kind of like a privacy mic where let's say you're on the phone in the subway and you're having a conversation with someone around you, they might like, it basically cancels the noise. So um, if there was noise around you on the call, you that wouldn't transfer in through the phone call. It's kind of hard to explain, but um, really what my goal is, I guess, to do is more more branding and create a lifestyle brand that connects with people around the world. So for people who want to start their own business, what would you say is a key pieces of advice that you would give to them? Um, I'd say have a plan, have a strategy. You know, not I'm not talking like a 10-page business plan, but what I'm talking about is writing out steps that you need to take to turn your idea into reality. So let's say let's say you want to launch a Kickstarter campaign next month in October. First, you need to figure out what you want to bring to life. Second off, you need to figure out how you're going to make that product. Third, I'd say put together your marketing assets, which include your video, photography. You know, fourth, set up the company. Um, you can set up a company overnight through services like uh, Harvard Business Services and incorporate in Delaware or wherever you want to. And then just, just roll with it. I'd say really just having a step-by-step laid out plan is going to be the, the biggest um, influence on turning your idea into reality and starting your own business. Now, how key is that video? Because when I go on a Kickstarter, that's, that's like the first thing that I look at is just a video. Oh, it's crucial. I mean, videos can definitely make or break a campaign. And especially in today's age where, you know, people don't have a, a big attention span, you need to have a compelling video that's going to get people excited about what you're doing. Now, give Hacker Nation one extra step that they can do right now to get started. Write down your ideas and then go through them and see which ones sound good and see which ones actually seem to have a product market fit. Awesome. Tell our listeners, what is the best way that we could follow you? And then we'll say goodbye. You can follow me on uh, Twitter. Nate, it's at NateRez94. Or I'm at, on LinkedIn, Nathan Resnick. Um, I also have my own website, NathanResnick.com. That's N-A-T-H-A-N-R-E-S-N-I-C-K.com. And I uh, look forward to connecting to you. Thank you, Nathan, for being the guest of my show. We appreciate your time and wisdom. But here at Startup Life Hacks, we have a saying to help motivate our listeners who are on this entrepreneurial journey, that it's okay to fail and it's okay to struggle. So let's close by reminding Hacker Nation what our motto is and say it with extreme enthusiasm. Stay positive and keep grinding. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today on Startup Life Hacks. To see how to get in touch with Nathan as well as the resources he recommended, Navigate over to our show notes page at startuplifehacks.com slash Nathan Resnick. But before we close, I'd like to go over some key takeaways and lessons learned from this interview. Always have a plan when starting your own venture. Write down the steps you need to accomplish and perform those steps one by one. It's no wonder why these products on Kickstarter already met their projected goals the first few hours, because they plan out their strategy and already had raging fans line up to purchase their product. Taken from Benjamin Franklin... If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Let me know what you think about this comment, what it means to you. Don't forget to rate a review. We read every review and it tells us if we're moving in the right direction. It also allows this podcast to grow and be heard so more people can listen. And as always, stay positive and keep grinding.